Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rhodes? Well, we're going, we don't need Rhodes. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. No, I am your father. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And uh, as you may have guessed or may not have guessed yet, this is a mini-episode, formerly called a bonus episode. We've decided to rebrand them as mini-episodes. So this is the second week in a row that we've promised you we were going to do our top <laughs> 10 films of 1988 and and then lied to you and not delivered that. Right, Phil? We're just teasing. We're teasing them. <laughs> well, we know people love the 80s, so we figure we'll just kind of keep stringing them along for a while. <laughs> I did yeah. think about making like a running joke where every week we promise to do the top 10 films of 88 and then just never do them until like the very last episode, you know? We could do, couldn't we? That would be kind of mean maybe. So yeah. well, we'll see next what happens week. next week. <laughs> yeah, next week definitely the top 10 films of 1988. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so we're, we're bringing you this mini episode because I have been under the weather. Uh, we were recording much later than we usually do and I uh, just thought – uh, you know, let's let's keep it short and easy on me since I can only breathe a little bit right now. Yeah. Uh, so next week we'll return to our regularly scheduled programming. Oh, will we? <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Nineteen eighty-eight, uh, baby. <laughs> so, uh, so Phil, tell people what we decided to do today. Then, yes. Well, we thought as John Wick Chapter Two opens this week, we thought we'd do our top five movie assassins. And we're not going to include John Wick because, as you know, if you've seen the first film, he is like the boogeyman of the boogeyman of the assassins. You know, he's the one that they they tell the kids about if they want to want them to go to sleep or not sleep, whatever. But uh, he's the one who can take down all the others, apparently. Right. So this is like the the John Wick memorial list, so to speak. So it's in yeah. his, it's yeah. in his honor. So we don't need to list him. I also like the way the fact that the uh, like the mythology they're setting up in that with the uh, the Continental Hotel. All the assassins go. You could sort of have lots of other movie assassins show up. You know, they're all part of the same fraternity. They they stay at the Continental or whatever. If you want to spread it out a bit, you could do some kind of theory. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, it's funny because that that sounds like something that, I don't know, somebody on a podcast might do where they, like, hmm. talk about a movie and then tie in a whole bunch of other movies that don't actually have to do with it, but then they yeah, sort of make it all fit together. That. Yeah, maybe, you know, somebody was doing one about the ending of a film, what happens afterwards. Right, and then they could tie yeah. it together with, like, John Wick. I think that would be cool. Yeah. So yeah. just just saying. <laughs> so yeah. So this is our top five movie assassins. It's a real killer list. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you slayed me with that one. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll be here all week. Try the fish. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in there still once in a while. <laughs> uh, and I, I will say for my list, uh, as always, Phil and I don't compare notes on these lists, but uh, just for my list, I left off two very notable. Um, assassins, one being Jason Bourne and the other being James Bond, which I, you know, is kind of interesting. I, I did, I did the same as well. Yeah. Oh, there you They're go. See, list, yeah. they just kind of felt like too obvious to me. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kind of spread the love to some, some more, some lesser known assassins, if you will. Yeah, that's the way I went as well. So, oh, why don't you go ahead and kick things off then, Phil? Give us your number five. Okay, my number five is uh, Joubert from Three Days of the Condor. He's the one played by Max von Sydow, and a little bit of a spoiler for the film, but it happens near the start. He's the one who, uh, him and his men, go in and kill everybody in the office where Robert Redford works, 
and he's just he's basically just doing his job. He gets a contract, he goes in there, does the business, bum bum bum. And you see him throughout the film, he turns up every now and again. And it turns out he's a really nice bloke. And as long as he's uh, you're not on his uh, his list of people to kill, he's probably someone who you wouldn't mind, you know, having a little, you know, coffee with and, and that's it. But he's uh, it's well acted. It's probably one of the more realistic kind of uh, killers that you see in films because he's a, he's a human. He does things. He's not he's got not got like supernatural fighting skills. He just has a contract. He sorts it out, plans it well, and takes out the the contract. Uh, excellent choice. And he was on my short list. Didn't make my top five, but uh, obviously we all know what a big Robert Redford fan I am. And I do love <laughs> yeah. Three Days of the Condor. So uh, very good pick. Thank you. So what's uh, what's your first one? All right. Well, my number five is Charlie Baltimore, as played by Gina Davis in The Long Kiss Good Night. Oh, another nice one. Yes, thank you. But the 1996 film by Rennie Harlan, uh, where she plays uh, who seems to be just this, you know, ordinary suburban woman, uh, and then suddenly starts to remember that she was actually a CIA assassin. Um, and and Long Kiss Goodnight is one of those movies that I think wasn't necessarily uh, a big hit when it came out, but it is uh, kind of become a cult classic over the years. You know, it's got yeah. some great dialogue, some great action sequences, and uh, I think people who have seen it tend to really love it. And and I am one of those people. Uh, same here. I always enjoy watching it. It's it's one of those films. If it comes on the TV, I always sit and watch it. It's uh, it's got it's lots of good fun in it and some yes. uh, good fight scenes and things and good moments. Exactly. Excellent. Okay, my number four then is uh, Orenishi from Kill Bill Volume One. That's the one played by Lucy Liu, and she's one of the deadly vipers and becomes the leader of the yakuza. And she was a friend with the bride originally, but then Uma Thurman turns up and goes through the crazy eighty-eight and then gets to Orenishi, and they have the that gorgeous fight scene in the in the snow. And you also have the brilliant bit, though, where you see... Why, why I really like her is you have that animated segment in Kill Bill Volume 1 where you see Oranishi, her, the horrific way she became the killer she is, you know, from her childhood, seeing her parents get killed and growing up and becoming an assassin. But uh, it's uh, all to do with, like, Lucy Liu, I always think, is great. Great fight scene, but also the animated bit just makes it, just lifts it above uh, a few other assassins for me. Very good. Excellent choice. Thank you. All right. Well, my number four is uh, Julian Noble, played by Pierce Brosnan in a 2005 film called The Matador. Oh, yeah. And it's sort of a, another cult classic, a little little scene film, but really terrific movie um, about this hitman, played by Pierce Brosnan, who's basically starting to fall apart um, and uh, kind of have like a not a mental breakdown, like in a in a dark, crazy way. It's sort of like a black comedy film. Um, but Pierce Brosnan is terrific in it. And it's just one of those movies that not enough people have seen. Um, but he's like this terrific kind of likable assassin character, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's just a really, really fun movie that that I, I think is worth tracking down if you haven't seen it. So that's my number four. Yeah, I I couldn't remember whether I'd seen that one. I think I might have. It might have been on one night when I'd been I'd been out to the pub and I came back and it was on. I was a little bit drunk and I sort of watched part of it. And <laughs> right, then, right. You know, the the night went away from me. But uh, oh well, no, it's I'll definitely worth to... revisiting. It's a yeah. it's a surprisingly good film. Yeah, because I was like Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that one. Of course. Okay, so my next one is Ghost Dog from uh, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, uh, which is written and directed by Jim Jarmusch, and it's Forrest Whitaker, who's the mysterious ghost dog. He's uh, employed by the mafia, and he follows the ancient code of the samurai, and it's uh, it's got a great soundtrack, and his best, friend's, uh, is a, yeah, his best friend is a Haitian ice cream salesman named Raymond, who speaks only French, 
uh, he doesn't understand English and Ghost Dog doesn't understand French, but they're really good friends and they have these conversations speaking their own languages. And they're basically, from the subtitles and things, you realise they're talking about the same things, but they don't realise they are. But anyway, uh, the assassin thing, he does all the uh, he does all the samurai training and he just he's he just goes into houses and takes people out with guns and swords. And it's uh, it's a real cool, cool little film, which uh, I think quite a few people have seen, but it's one that's sort of slipped off the radar a bit, but it's uh, I really like it. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that film, to be honest with you. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Jim Jarmusch movies. Uh, I have seen that one. It just didn't didn't really do it for me, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, well, I he's think got some moments. Yeah, I think that's uh, Jim Jarmusch films are sort of like that, though. I right. Think, uh, oftentimes, the first time you see them, it, that's, it depends what mood you're in when you watch it. That's sort of whether you like it or not. Right, I right. I with some of them. But. Yeah. Well, my next pick is Scaramanga from uh, The Man with the Golden Gun. The, of course, oh, James actually, Bond yeah, yeah. did make my list in a way, uh, even though not Bond himself. Uh, play, played by the great Christopher Lee, and um, he is an assassin for hire. I believe his fee is a cool $1 million per hit, and he's so good, he only carries <laughs> one bullet. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, that that right there tells you everything you need to know, you know. Uh, obviously, I love James Bond. He has a number of great villains. Um, but I just – I love this concept of this man with this golden gun and he, he only needs one bullet because he's such a good assassin. But, of course, then he comes up against James Bond and, well – we all know how that turns out. So yeah, yeah, he's got lots more bullets. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Though. That's uh, it's you got to have confidence in your in your job. Right, to just have the one the there one bullet go. to do it. Yep, brilliant. Yeah, my number two is Mister Sh from Things Are Doing Denver When You're Dead, which is the 1995 film starring Andy Garcia, Christopher Lloyd, Treat Williams, Steve Buscemi, Christopher Welkin, and Gabriel Amoir and Faruza Balk as well. But uh, Mister Sh is played by Steve Buscemi. And he's he's renowned as an assassin who never fails, and he doesn't really say anything as well. But when the man with the plan, played by Walken, asks Andy Garcia and his gang to sort something out, and that goes wrong, he puts Mr. Shh onto them, and he tracks them down. And because it's Steve Buscemi as well, with his sad eyes and everything, can you know he's not he's not the biggest guy. You go and well, what's he gonna do? And then he takes them out uh, when they least expect it, and then he meets Treat Williams, who mentions Godzilla in Japan. It's a great scene, but it's a uh, yeah, it's he's one of the. Uh, it's just a good. Well, from the name itself, it just builds on that. This mysterious Mister Shh just turns up. Right. You know, it's funny. I've actually never seen that movie. Um, I'm familiar oh, with it. Oh, it's a brilliant film. Yeah, really good film. I've yeah. never. Um, I've never actually made the time to watch it, so I'll have to track that down for sure. Yeah, it's good because all like uh, ex-convicts, they've all got this like, uh, you know, the way they talk. They've got all slang and everything mixed in. It's really good. Nice rhythm to the dialogue. Nice, nice. I'll definitely check it out. All right, well, my number two is Il Duce from The Boondock Saints, 1995, uh, played by Billy Connolly. And um, he is this uh, clad in black bearded assassin who's hired to take out the Boondock Saints. And, of course, we find out, spoiler alert, uh, that he is their dad. <laughs> and so things go a little differently at the end of the movie than you might expect it to. But I always just thought that, you know, it was really cool. I mean, most of my experience with Billy Connolly was him as a comedian. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, and and. I I've always thought he was a funny guy, but then he comes in and he's all, he's got this giant beard. He looks like he belongs in ZZ Top and he's dressed head to toe in black and he's got guns all over his body, kind of like <laughs> strapped to him and stuff. And he's just sort of this force of nature. You know, he comes in and just nobody survives because he's just this this powerful thing, you know. Um, yeah, and I just yeah. I like the way he looks and I like the way the movie kind of ends up. And then he also comes into play in the second film. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. That's my pick. Excellent. Yeah, I've, uh, I must watch that film again. It's been a long, long time since I've oh, seen yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I love Boondock Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I need to watch that. Okay, well, my uh, 
My number one, I'm going to go with uh, Leon from Leon or The Professional or Leon The Professional. I had a feeling that might be it for you. <laughs> uh, mainly, well, I wasn't sure what to go with uh, Desperado as well, but I thought I'd go with Leon because it's just, he's probably sort of the uh, the quintessential mafia hitman. He's the uh, He's got nothing else in his life apart from the job, well, on the plant, and then uh, the young girl who he saves. But anyway, uh, just, it's the whole, I wish there would be more scenes of him doing his, doing his, uh, you know, Hitman stuff. Because the bit at the, st- the start, when you see him doing it, it's just really good. Uh, but no, I just like the fact it's just, he's always moving around. He's, he's uh, again, it's probably a good portrayal. Just, you, you can't, you've always got to be on the move. You can't settle, you've always got to be aware of you're doing the job that, uh, you can't be the guy cracking wise, you know, you know, being all big and spending your money. If you're going to be a Hitman, you've got to blend in and disappear, which Leon does superbly well. But that's my number one. Very good choice. Uh, you know, it's funny is if I had thought of Desperado, I probably would have put it on my list. And it might have even been number one. But I didn't really think of him when I was coming up with assassins, so to speak. Well, so funny. It was only just then when you mentioned uh, Boondock Saints and all the guns and everything. That's made me sort of remember it. I, right. I hadn't thought of it until that. Just a few well, few minutes ago. There you go. Well, uh, so that is not my number one, but my number one is Ah Zhong from uh, 1989's The Killer. Oh, yeah. Played yeah. by Chow Yun-Fat and uh, directed by John Woo. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm not the biggest John Woo fan in the world. It's not like I'm one of these, you know, some people who think he's like the greatest director ever. I'm not one of those people. I, I Slow like... motion doves. Right, right, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but I... I and I actually hadn't seen The Killer for a very long time. Uh, I didn't see it when it first came out. But then I watched it a, a handful of years ago. And I, I did really love it. And I think um, that Chow Yun-Fat is just awesome in that role. And he sort of is like the the prototypical kind of two guns, shooting with the two guns kind of sideways thing. Sort of started that whole trend, yeah. you know, which is something yeah. I've always loved. I just thought visually it always looked really cool. Um, and he's just a complete and total badass in this movie. But he has a heart of gold because he's he's doing this kind of last job to pay for an operation for a young girl who he accidentally blinded in you know the completion of one of his other uh, assassination jobs. So you know it's sort of that everything you love about a good assassin in a movie, kind of the you know the killer with the heart of gold and the mad gun skills, and he's kind of the strong silent type uh you know i just think he's a terrific yeah, yeah. character and it's it's a great movie so oh, it's another one yeah i've not seen a long long time so i must check that out as well yeah. that's the good thing about the assassin character the hitman or the hit woman because they can be they can be the hero they can be the villain or they can be the the guy who turns up and saves the day and then right. disappears but it's, yeah exactly uh, it's, it's always you can do so much with them even though they're basically just there to kill people yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our list then of our top five movie assassins. Uh, you know, we, we have in the past, we've been doing our Quizmaster Deathmatch feature, but we've decided to retire that for the time being uh, as we were starting to run out of films that we kind of felt like we knew enough about to really be competitive with. But we might have some specials, you know, in the future. Yeah, yeah. But for now, we figure with our, our mini episodes, we're going to focus on these these are kind of fun top five lists. So. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have suggestions for future top five lists, uh, please hit us up on our social media and share those with us at your convenience. Yeah, and if you want to let us know your favorite movie assassins, uh, drop us a line on Facebook and Twitter or email us or whatever. And you can check out all our previous episodes on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this one on. Exactly. And on that note then, like I said, next week we should return to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, Maybe. Maybe we'll feature the top 10 films of 1988, (laughs) and maybe we won't. Uh, But we will be back with something that resembles a regular episode, so please join us then. Uh, Until that time, I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. All right. Well, let's jump into things then.
Nah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just knocking stuff over. Luckily, that cup was so old that whatever liquid was might have once might have been in it is now congealed to the bottom of it. So, oh, nice. I didn't spill anything. <laughs> so that's a plus.